Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clay's Plays podcast. That's right. We're back. And with us being back, that also means that, yeah, you guessed it, football's back. And our favorite time of the year, fantasy football. And it's nice to have some kind of stability, something that's going on that we can look forward to in this crazy year with all the different COVID stuff going on. And, you know, us personally, me and my wife, us, our big move and new job and a lot of stuff's been going on. And this is just something that provides a little bit of stability and something for us to look forward to here in the future. And uh, it is an honor for this first episode back to be here with my good pal on the other side of the couch here, uh, Mr. Corey, who's in the house. Corey, welcome. Welcome. Hi, that's me. I'm here on the couch, not (laughs) being mauled by a dog. Not being mauled by a dog. We had to um, reset our dog, or my dog, get him a little chill out time here. But hey, it's okay. Not getting mauled. That's where we like to be. Everyone should do that. And I think it's uh I think it's nice to know if you anybody's been following with the fan, the football news that there's the big Aaron Rodgers saga that's been going on and Corey and I talked about this earlier over dinner uh and I don't know we're both I think just happy that the drama's over and people <laughs> are sorry technical errors the cat lamp yes we have a cat lamp on right now and things are great but yeah, Aaron Rodgers' drama is finally over. Tired of hearing about it. Tired of dealing with that. And I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that's taken over the offseason. And the second biggest thing is the Julio Jones move. Julio Jones moving to the Tennessee Titans. And what that brings to the organization. Um, helping out Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, the defense. That tight end who's taken over for Jonu Smith who left. I think it's just a really, it's going to be fun to watch and good to see him kind of get away from the Atlanta Falcons for a bit. And on that note, let's kind of dive into some uh, quick injury news and updates. Corey, I didn't know if you were aware, but Cam Akers running back for the Rams. What? (laughs) Running back for the Rams. Yes. Uh, Torres Achilles. He was going as a first-round draft pick this year, set to be really good. Now Daryl Henderson is going to be stepping into that role. Uh, Do you think (laughs) you're looking at me kind of like, who in the world is Daryl Henderson? I'll be honest. I don't keep up with all the news. I cram a week before draft day, and we still have three weeks before that day. So you still have three weeks to not pay attention and just – Wait and roll with the punches. I like it. But yes, so Cam Akers is hurt. He's done for the season. Will it even matter though if Daryl Henderson to be good? Because Matt Stafford's there and Matt I just I mean that's an upgrade at quarterback from Jared Goff. So almost definitely. I think Stafford finally getting out of that Lions cycle that he was in. Yeah. I, I think, think Stafford still has uh, enough left in the tank. He could definitely make it playoffs this year at least. Yeah, no, I think so too. It'll be fun to watch. I'm a big Stafford fan. Uh, other news, we have Carson Wentz, his foot injury. He had his uh, surgery on it, which didn't show any further complications, which is nice. 
But his timetable is he's out five to 12 weeks, which then raises the questions, okay, we were already weary of him coming in there and what that did for the pass catchers of T.Y. Hilton and uh, Michael Pittman. And now they might, they're running, they're letting Jacob Eason get some snacks, snaps at quarterback. And I've never, I, I didn't watch him play in college, to be honest. And since I didn't see him play in college, I don't know what to expect out of him. Or there's even talks of bringing Nick Foles in or trading for Gardner Minshew. So that's going to be a situation to, to kind of monitor and watch out. And also, what do you think? Do you think uh, Carson Wentz injury, does that affect Jonathan Taylor in any way? I think yes, just for the sole fact that if he can't air the ball out, the entire pocket is going to be collapsed. There's going to be nowhere for him to run. Jonathan Taylor, he's more, he's not an inside runner. He's not an outside runner. He's kind of in between. Yeah. He's dynamic enough to bounce it out if needed or run right up the middle. And he has the power to go through people. But if they're putting seven, eight guys in the box, there's not much he can do against that. Right. It, it kind of makes me think of Zeke from last year when Dak went down. Now, I understand Zeke and Jonathan Taylor are different runners, but and and Jonathan Taylor got it done last year at the towards the end of the year uh, with Philip Rivers at quarterback. But Philip Rivers at least had that. Philip Rivers wasn't playing bad at the end of the year either, though. Like Philip Rivers has the experience and the knowledge to know what to do with the ball. These young guns coming in. I think the best bet may be to trade, but yeah, uh, I think it hurts Jonathan Taylor's draft stock, and I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little weary on that. And then we have Devontae Smith over with at the Eagles, sprained MCL. He's out two to three weeks. That could be an issue with Jalen Hurts, who's been struggling at camp. And then Marquise Brown, receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, having a lingering hamstring issue, which they haven't put a timetable on it yet, but Honestly, with the way that they run their offense, I don't necessarily know. think that he's a big key contributor anyways. He's more of that down-the-field threat, like a Tyreek Hill, somebody to stretch the field. I understand the Chiefs actually throw to him, but they just run the ball. Yeah, a hamstring is something you don't really want to mess with, though. I guarantee I'm not going to go anywhere near him. I will not touch him at all, at I least think, until he's healthy. Yeah. He's a good sleeper pick, but... The Chiefs' offense is too dynamic, honestly, for someone like him. I mean, he'll get, he'll be like Sammy Watkins. He'll get a pass here and there. Oh, yeah. And oh. he'll be there just to open up the lanes a little bit. Oh, but... well, did you hear that? So Sammy Watkins is with the Ravens now. Yes, I heard and about that. He, so Marquise Brown's on the Ravens, and Marquise Brown has been out with a hamstring issue. Sammy Watkins has been their best receiver <laughs> out of camp right now. Oh, so, how the turntables. How the turntables. <laughs> That is definitely going to be something to monitor kind of going forward. And then uh, Dak Prescott news. We saw he had that gruesome injury last year. He's over that. And now he has a shoulder injury in his right shoulder, in that arm, his throwing arm, which then raises the question because he missed the preseason game the other night. So what, what does that mean? Like they're they're taking a way slow an approach. Are you worried about Dak Prescott at all? 
I don't think so. I think a slower approach is a smart thing. Him coming off a season-ending injury, mm-hmm. and it's just a sole shoulder injury. Yeah. I mean, we don't know exactly how bad it is. If they're not saying that it's terrible, I'm guessing it's something minor, but it's going to take a few weeks to heal. Yeah. So smart thing. Just let him rest and then maybe get him in there for the last preseason game, get a few throws, see how he feels mm-hmm. with it. No. And go from there. I mean, I think once he's healthy, Dallas will be the team they were a few years ago. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see them be explosive again. I think I think the slow approach is fine. It's not like Dak doesn't know the offense and like he's learning a brand new thing either. So it's not like there's that big hurdle to go over. But I'm excited. And then we got Saquon Barkley, still recovering that ACL tear uh, from last year. There's still timetable still up in the air. Is he going to play or not? Is he not? Coaches are talking about limiting him early on in the season we'll see what that looks like we've heard them say this before and then running back goes out and gets 30 touches and goes off i think it was christian mccaffrey a few years ago or a year ago when he was coming back from injury the first game back they're like yeah, oh he's he gonna came back him. one game and yeah. he got what 180 yards and two touchdowns yeah something plus like that. seven catches yeah. but then he was out the rest of the season i think it'll all depend on the first game back i mean they're going to try and limit him, but if he breaks out for a 40-yard touchdown, they're just going to let him roll. Mm-hmm. And then last injury here, uh, update. Michael Thomas had an ankle injury uh, that was kind of lingering last year. He finally got ankle surgery in June, expected to miss the first month of the season, and it may even take a little bit longer for him to fully come back. They're talking about late October, early November return for Michael Thomas. Uh, that could be a big... Uh, factor at least early on in that Saints offense for some of those skill players so that's a situation to kind of monitor as well um, and you have to you need to monitor the situation anyways because we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be is it Taysom Hill is it Jameis Winston and honestly I don't know who the best fit for, for their uh, for their team is right now all right so now it's time everybody's favorite topic busts we're going to talk about busts not like the statue kind of busts but the busts such as failures but as i'm saying this i also want to make a point that these are nfl players these players are very talented in what they do but what makes a bust for us is we draft them high in the draft have high expectations for them on our teams and then they falter and then they just die off they get hurt we can't use them for the season and then we wasted a pick on them bust or they're on a new team now right and or a new head coach there's new player personnel that takes away from their touches limits their reps or they just start doing either passing the ball more or running the ball more it's just a game dependent on what the new coordinators are going to call and that's something to kind of monitor going into the season and i'm gonna start us off with the running backs here and i think some people might hit me with this but alvin Kamara is my top running back or one of my running back busts for the year and the issue kind of what we talked about with the michael thomas injury i don't know who the quarterback's gonna be i have never seen alvin Kamara dominate rushing yards when i think alvin Kamara, i think ppr i think catches I think he's going to get outside. He's quick on the outside. 
and he's going to get catches and they use him during the red zone. Now, if Jameis Winston's quarterback, you can say almost goodbye to the majority of those catches out of the backfield. And if Taysom Hill is quarterback, I think that's a better situation. But at the same time, when they get to the red zone, I know Taysom Hill likes to run the ball. What do you think, Corey? I agree there. I mean, I haven't seen Taysom Hill play enough. I don't know how he feels about the checkdowns. I think early season with Michael Thomas out, I think that Kamara will be an okay option if it's under Hill. But it's like you said, he could he'll still have PPR, but Taysom Hill is basically gonna be the new Mark Ingram. He's gonna get the red zone touches, he's gonna get the touchdowns. Yeah, and Camaro something- will march the eighty yards down the field, but he won't get that score. Yeah, that's just that's something that just scares me. And then because they still have Latavius Murray there too, you know? And he to me, I think he's he's not a bad runner. But I think Kamara's better in the passing game. It's just I just don't know what this team's gonna look like. And for me to invest a top four pick. He's going in one of those top four picks, Alvin Kamara. I think he may even be number three. I'd rather, I'd feel much safer getting Zeke, who's going later on than him at that spot, than taking Alvin Kamara. Because, I don't know, the, the top two right now running backs are Christian McCaffrey's going one, Dalvin Cook's going two, three has been a flip-flop between Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. I'd, I'd love to have Derrick Henry this year, especially with julio jones now on the team i think it opens up some running lanes it's not gonna he's not gonna it didn't matter if he saw stack boxes anyways it really didn't matter so i don't think that you know julio being there is gonna affect him too much if anything i think it's gonna hurt him in the long run Mm -hmm. because now there's a competent reliable receiver there's more than one of them to rely on to actually air the ball out and if they can air the ball out then all the better yeah you you don't have to pound henry to the ground wear him out you can ease up some of the touches but even with an easier up touches easier workload i still think he's going to get that production done so yeah i think the case is there for henry or zeke over camara at that spot i think there's better value moving there but camara is very talented i will give him that and next on the list i have austin eckler with the chargers Look, he's he hasn't proven it for me that he can last a whole season. Right now, he's going as one of the sixth, the sixth or seventh running back off the board. So he's first round draft pick right now. And oh my, I if 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 you tell me that Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, or Travis Kelsey are available, I'm not taking Austin Eckler at that spot in the draft. I take I'll take one of the top two receivers. I'll take Hill or. Devonte Adams are one of the top tight ends in Kelsey before I take Eckler because it's injury concerns. Can he maintain it? He was already losing goal line touches last season to a rookie. And now that rookie is now a sophomore. And apparently he's been looking okay in camp. So I worry about Eckler and with Justin Herbert developing even more, I don't know if they're going to necessarily be in the red zone a lot. I think they may score from further out from the red zone with just Justin Herbert slinging it downfield. So I don't know. What do you think? That's a tough situation. I think that you're on the money when you say Herbert's getting better and he's airing it out more. So the red zone production is definitely going to be down. They're going to score from further out. 
my biggest concern is this is like the same situation when Eckler came in and there was Melvin Gordon, who was a three down back. Mm-hmm. Eckler is a good PPR back, but and he has power to run, but they don't run him a whole lot. And now that they have, they have this sophomore running back coming in who has shown that he is a good red zone runner. He can get through the line. He can break tackles, get mm-hmm. in the zone. I think that they play it safe. I think it's kind of the same situation that Kamara had last year. He Eckler's going to do the work, get down the field, but then someone else is going to vulture Come any red zone touchdowns. touchdowns from them. Yeah. Yeah. And that just scares me for, I don't know. I'm investing to me. My first round pick should be one of the safest picks in the entire draft. If I'm starting out somebody who I can depend on, or I can build my team off that. If it's not like a keeper league where I don't have set guys already, I want somebody who I know is going to be there or at least has the history of being at that top level. Like if it was between Eckler and Kamara, I would take Kamara um, because Kamara hasn't had to deal with the injury history that Eckler has. Right. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of him there. And then my third uh, bust at running back is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. I want to, I want to say, I, I don't want to put him here, but I don't think they really have done much this offseason to improve the offense. And on top of all of that, I know they added John Brown to the offense. Maybe that means they throw the ball more. I know they got rid of Nelson Aguilar, kind of got an upgrade with John Brown, but they brought in Kenyon Drake to the Raiders as well. Drake did okay last year for the Cardinals, you know, and I don't, I don't know what their plan is. Is it good? Are they trying to be like a Mark Ingram, uh, Alvin Kamara when Kamara was a rookie type of situation? Like you're lightning to their thunder type of punch. I don't know. Um, and I can't trust the offensive line (laughs) in Oakland or Derek Carr for that matter, uh, to assist Josh Jacobs in any sort of way. Um, yeah, I just don't see it. What thoughts on Josh Jacobs, Corey? I f- I don't believe he'll put up running back one numbers. I mean, he's had over a thousand yards each season. Yeah, but like you said, the addition of Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake's gonna be used to give him a break. He's gonna steal some touches. I think Jacobs could be a solid running back two every week. He'll probably put up consistent, you know, eighty yards, maybe a touchdown, a yeah. few catches in there, but. The Raiders t- offense as a whole right now is so it just needs some fine tuning before I can put any trust into their right. offensive players. So yeah, when you say even like go back to the 80 yards thing, even if he does that, if he hit 80 yards at a touchdown every week and let's say you're playing in a non-PPR league, well, that's 14 points. Not yeah, bad I for mean, non-PPR. Like I said, solid running back two numbers. Don't expect him to be your re- lead running back. Right. And he's and he's going in drafts too. The in round two, he's getting taken in round two. That one's a little crazy. I mean, he's the twenty-first ranked running back in the mocks, and I wouldn't take him before round six, maybe. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I wouldn't. There are a bevy of better players out there that may not have the same track record, but have a lot more potential. Technical difficulties. They, they wouldn't be num- like bad numbers per se, but yeah, no. Uh, 
him getting Josh Jacobs getting taken in the second round. That's a I, little extreme. I would rather especially ha- if you're not in a keeper league and you're starting from scratch. That is a bit extreme. Yeah. No. It yeah, I, I, I don't agree with it. I think you can get like I said, if you don't get one of those the top running backs there, I'm perfectly fine. Like where Josh Jacobs is going. Uh I know Joe Mixon has had his issues in the past, but he's still there. Right now he's looking like a workhorse running back still. He got tons of touches last year. And they've got they added Jamar Chase in the offseason. Like Chase Edmonds is going in the sixth or seventh round in drafts. And right now he's the starting running back for the Cardinals. Um now that Drake's gone. They have James Conner, but James Conner's hurt. So well, I mean, what's new there? So Chase Edmonds is another guy who if you're looking for touches, Michael Carter getting valuable touches right now in that Jets offense. I know it's the Jets offense, <laughs> it's the Jets, but these are guys and in, in, that you can get so much later in your drafts than round two. Spin round two on somebody. Let's say if Calvin Ridley falls to you. I'd love to have Calvin Ridley right now or an A.J. Brown or one of those guys, a like Keenan Allen who's falling to round two, something like that to kind of supplement instead of taking Josh Jacobs. All right, and now moving on to everyone's favorite quarterbacks. Starting off the top, once again, some people might think I'm crazy. I hope I don't make too much of the Bills Mafia mad. But Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, um, he's getting taken as the second quarterback off the board right now above Kyler Murray, above Lamar Jackson, above Dak, above Justin Herbert above Rodgers, you know, above those kind of guys. And it raises the question of why. I know he had, I mean, I get it. He had a great year last year, but was that necessarily him really breaking out? Or was it just kind of a fluky season? The running game there for the Bills is still non-existent, yet his rushing numbers have been going down each of the years that he's been in the league. They've been decreasing so they're wanting him to throw the ball more i like that stefan diggs is there and gabriel davis is there and now Man- manny sanders is there as well but sanders is getting up in age and it's something that i i don't know how much how well uh i think Corey, you and i were talking about this i uh, we don't know if they i think they may have lost some offensive line potentially in this offseason as well so just I don't see it for the second quarterback being taken off the board. I don't like it because he's going in like in the round two, early round three is where Josh Allen's getting taken. What do you think about that? It's a gamble. If I'm being honest, I mean, like you said, his rushing numbers are dwindling a little. So if you're just looking for a quarterback that can perform and is going to have those rushing numbers, I would rather take, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson around later if that's all you're looking for I mean in terms Mm -hmm. of skill I'll disagree with you a little bit he's definitely a top five quarterback based on what we know and I think that he'll finish a top five quarterback this year like you said I mean his offensive weapons with Diggs Sanders I mean he has Gabriel Davis and my Mm -hmm. personal favorite sleeper Cole Beasley Cole Beasley came in clutch a lot last year for him you know, that sideline master sideline master. Um, 
I know you Will were like, he be as good as last year? I don't think so. But will he still perform as a top five quarterback? Yes, I do. I think that even though his rushing numbers are dwindling a little, I think his passing numbers will go up and compensate for that loss. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think he could be a top five quarterback. But are you taking a second, third round pick on him when you can get Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray in the fifth round or, or Dak Prescott in the fifth or sixth round? Like I said, I think that's honestly for your preference. If you're just trying to go for a quarterback that will perform good numbers every week, decent numbers, but also rush and has that potential for rushing touchdowns and stuff, I will go with a later pick in Murray or Jackson. Yeah. But if you're big on the name, especially if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty, Allen, I mean, he's 25 years old. I mean, he has another decade in the league at least. Yeah. So he's definitely someone that you could build around. Like I said, it just depends on the situation and what you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get it. All right. Thank you for your input there. Uh, another one that I'm probably going to get, uh, these quarterbacks, man, somebody's going to be angry at me. I got Russell Wilson <laughs> as a bust on here, and I don't know. Watching the Seahawks play, I think it's they always say, you know, or they started saying, let Russ cook, let him throw the ball. But they want to run the ball. Uh, Russell Wilson was, I think, one of the best, if not the top quarterback last year for the first eight games of the season. And then second half of the season, he didn't do that way. He didn't do, he didn't, couldn't keep up. The passing numbers went down and they leaned a lot more on Chris Carson in that run game, even when Chris Carson was banged up. And I can't trust the Seahawks coaching staff to be wishy-washy with me on a player as talented as Russell Wilson. Cause once again, he's very talented, but I can't risk that or go I, I, me personally. I wouldn't, I don't want to go for that. Just only getting the first eight games of the season and then having to kind of go. Cause I'm kind of like, when I take a quarterback, I usually just like to have draft one quarterback and that's it. I don't like to carry the extra space. I might take a sleeper quarterback at the end if I have the roster space, but I'm usually a one quarterback guy and that's it in my drafts. I know you like to kind of have two quarterbacks I've seen on some of your teams in the past, um, but you also take your quarterbacks a lot later. You know, you, you kind of prioritize other positions and then kind of get two guys you can kind of interchange out depending on weeks matchups how they've been doing stuff like that so they didn't really get any upgrades at wide receivers too to help um help russell wilson anymore they still have dk metcalf they still have tyler lockett i think they drafted uh dwayne eskridge or tyler eskridge i think it's dwayne dwayne eskridge and i don't know how he's gonna do i just don't know what are your thoughts on russell wilson it was a very disappointing last season, the second half of it. Like you said, it he just looked like he ran out of gas in the tank. He just yeah. the season was kind of shot as it was. I haven't been keeping up with all the news in the off season for the Seahawks. I know that they've made some changes. I know what they added a guard, Jackson, mm-hmm. to bolster the line, and then they signed Everett out of free agency as a tight end. 
So that definitely helps bolster the line. So I think it is a little more defense because the left side was the weaker side of his line mm-hmm. last season. And like you said, they did draft Eskridge. I haven't seen him personally. I haven't seen any news out of training camp about him, about no, how I. he's doing, what kind of report they have together. But if he can get something going with Eskridge, I think that'll definitely open up the other receivers a lot because having just those two receivers, you know, Lockett and Metcalf, yeah, it was really easy to double team them or double team Metcalf. And I mean, he's a big dude, but there's only so much they can do at right. any given time. Double team Metcalf and then put your best corner on to shadow basically just force him to the outside, play the sideline. Yeah. Russell Wilson does not excel at sideline throws, he prefers deep middle. Um, I did see a report that his deep passes are getting a lot more accurate, they've been fairly. Decent. Yeah, that could be good for DK so Metcalf. If I think it all rides on what kind of teamwork they can make happen. I mean, there's a lot of new factors in this team, and the new offensive coordinator was the old Rams offensive coordinator. Mm, interesting. I didn't so know. Yeah. I think that Wilson being not infinitely better than Goff, but a lot better under pressure, and he's not gonna cave the pocket like Goff did. I think that there's potential for him because that offensive corner likes to air out the ball a lot. Yeah. And that's what Wilson's good at. Well, guys, you've heard it here. You heard the reasons why I don't like Russell Wilson this year. And I think Corey, you made a pretty good case for him. I was kind of starting to feel like changing my, my pick here for Russell Wilson, kind of maybe hopping on the bandwagon. If he's there in the seventh round. For yeah. Me. The Seahawks are one of those like, it's not a black and white off season. Cut and paste. There's a lot of gray areas that have to be looked at, like yeah. the new offensive coordinator, who they've added to bolster their line, yeah, all that. You. I mean, they're still solid at running back. They got solid wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and now they have a decent tight end in Everett. I mean, he's a big dude. He can definitely get the block and peel off if he needs short routes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the biggest issues because the only dump off that Wilson had was the running backs. So now having a decent tight end and with Eskridge, I honestly don't know a whole lot about him. I don't know if he's a deep, a mid, or a short Yeah, I didn't get receiver, to watch too much of his stuff from If he's college. a short or mid, I think that'll help exponentially mm-hmm. open up the lanes. Yeah, I, I may be here sitting here dogging him, and then you're kind of saying all this, and then I guess we'll see who's right at the end. But, man, now I'm kind of starting to waver towards your side a bit. But just be, just be careful of that because – what also kind of makes a bust too, at least in my eyes, is that where they're drafted and where their value's at, because there's expectations for each round of what you're getting them. If you can get Russell Wilson in the seventh, eighth round, I mean, and if he does he does well, you're you're happy. If he does so-so, you're not that let down because you took him later on in the draft. Now, if I took Russell Wilson in the second round and he played all season like he did the second half of last season, then I'm going to be upset. Then I would say that that would be a bust year for him under those stipulations but like i said we'll see and then our last quarterback bust is jalen hurts quarterback for the philadelphia eagles he finished the season so strong last year as a rookie and i think he's got great potential the only thing that reason why i really have him here as a bust is that the new coaching staff uh seriani i don't know if he trusts him fully or what the deal is, because he came out and said 
oh, no, Hertz is going to have to win the starting job. He's going to have to compete. So they're still having open competitions for that position after the way he played last year. And I feel like the way he played last year kind of proved that he's your guy. You should lean on him. So there's question marks with that. And then um, there's been early reports that at camp early on, he's been struggling and he doesn't have his top receiver right now. Devonte Smith. I know he's the uh, wide receiver out of Alabama. One of those top two uh, receivers from Alabama that got drafted this year. And there's a lot of expectations being put on Devonta Smith. And I think Jalen Rager may have still been banged up. And then Travis Fulgham has to try to come in and deal with something. But ah, I just too murky for me. What do you think? Because the potential's there for Jalen Hurts, Corey. Like he's he can rush, he can do all that. Miles Sanders really hasn't established himself as a running back with, or at least the way that Doug Peterson was running the offense. I don't know if uh, or was running that team. So I don't know if with new coaching change that changes anything and lets Hertz do more, but what are your thoughts on Hertz? I think that you nailed it when you said it is too murky of an area to really make an accurate prediction. I mean, a new offensive coordinator who worked with the likes of captain luck and late end rivers Hertz does not excel in the pocket and both of those quarterbacks are pocket quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and that is what this coach i feel is going to try to do he's going to force him to throw more from the pocket and Hertz being what a sophomore this year Mm -hmm. i he doesn't have a whole lot of experience going in to this season in terms of nfl games and then forcing someone like that to play in the pocket behind a a shoddy offensive line that has been notorious for getting quarterbacks injured from lack of protection. Mm-hmm. I don't see him thriving that well. I see him starting just because his only competition is Joe Flacco. Yeah. But even then without his top receiver and with the running back game, in shambles basically there's no clear cut there yeah i honestly i would not touch anything with the eagles at least until there's better news coming out of there yeah that everything has actually been decided and everyone's performing how they're supposed to Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm right there with you and once again those three quarterback busts were josh allen russell wilson and jalen hurts and now we're going to move on to our wide receivers Starting us off at the top of the list, you know what? Let's throw them up there just because we've already kind of talked about this quarterback as a bust, so why not throw him in there? I'm talking Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, I think, finished the year relatively well overall last season. But if you were a Tyler Lockett owner, such as myself in one of my leagues, you will know the frustration of having Tyler Lockett on your team. Now, if everything goes the way Corey's kind of thinking, predicting everything against what I'm saying, then Tyler Lockett may be really well this year. But he's going as a you know top 15, top 16 pick for as a wide receiver, not overall, but as a wide receiver. And 
I just I need to see more consistency. And I am one of those people who hates playing against somebody who their player is doing nothing all season long, and then they go against me that week, and then boom, there it is. Best game of their career, the best game of that season. <laughs> I know, Corey, you and I have both felt the struggle of this going against just some random players who were like, oh, Tyler Lockett hasn't been doing so hot lately. We'll be fine. He goes off and scores three touchdowns one game and goes off for like 40 or 50 points and then won a lot of people a fantasy week that week. And just I can't trust that kind of inconsistency. I mean, obviously, I love it if I could be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> but with the inconsistency, with a lot more of the focus becoming DK Metcalf uh, in the passing game, I don't know if the targets uh, the targets may be there. I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. I think it all kind of stipulates too on what does Russell Wilson do this year? What's what? What is the Seattle Seahawks' real game plan? Are they going to go back to running the ball, or is it going to be a let Russ cook? And that means if they're in the red zone, who's the bigger target? Is it Tyler Lockett or is it DK Metcalf? What do you what are your, what are your thoughts on that, Corey? With the Seahawks before, until they play a real game, an actual regular season game, we have no idea if this new coach will be able to get them out of the funk from the second half of last season. Yeah. I mean, Lockett, in terms of what he is, what he does, what he can do, his catch rate actually went up last year by Mm. over 1%. Mm -hmm. But his target share went down and I think it's going to continue to go down. DK Metcalf cleared number one receiver and even Lockett himself has been talking about Eskridge that he immediately fits in with the offense and is showing up at practice. So I think that that'll steal some passes. I think Lockett's going to be a big plug and play. If you can get him late in the drafts, maybe 10th, 11th round, yeah, I definitely would. Just oh, I would love him like there too. You said before the plug and play options that killed us last year. I mean, yeah, anyone who's ever owned him knows that he will go off one, two, maybe three games in a row, and then he'll disappear for four or five. Yeah, and then come back. Well, he's not. So that is a big. If you're just a casual fantasy player, you know, you just kind of go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere near Lockett. But if you're <laughs> someone who actually looks at stats and looks at the opposing team, how their defense performs, how their defensive backs perform, what they're vulnerable to. If you're someone like that, then go with Lockett because you can definitely make a lot of use out of him. Yeah. And he can definitely win you a few weeks there. Oh, yeah. If, if I can get Tyler Lockett in the 8th, ninth, or 10th round, I'm going to jump on it if he's there. But what we've been seeing, though, is he's not going that. He's, he's getting picked up third, fourth round. Latest, I think I've seen has been fifth round in drafts er, and I've even seen him go ahead of guys like uh, Thielen. He's getting taken ahead of Thielen, ahead of That's Robert. saying Thielen is a top five back and he <laughs> has been for the last four years. I don't know how anyone still argues that fact. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think it's because it wasn't Justin what, two Jefferson. years ago he had 1100 yard games in a row. Yeah. 12. Yeah. I think people are down on Thielen because of Jefferson being there and kind of taking over. I feel like that's also the same situation as Metcalf and Lockett. Right. I mean, Thielen is the clear number one back, but Jefferson has the speed and he can get to the outside. Yeah. 
But I think if they try to cover Jefferson, I think it's still going to open up Thielen. Thielen is a bigger red zone target than Jefferson, right? In my opinion, there. Right, I can see that. But yeah, he's going ahead of Thielen. He's going ahead of Cooper Cup, who I think might be their best Rams receiver with uh, Matt Stafford between him and Woods. I believe so. Cooper Cup more reflects Stafford's comfort zone, right? In terms of range, right? I mean, Woods is without a doubt a deep receiver. That's all he is. That's all he will ever be. He is, yeah, a deep or, that, receiver. or that gadget guy. I've seen him do those sweeps and stuff too. With the, yeah, speedy but guy. Coop runs, you know, the little slants across the middle, and he does all of the dirty work right in the middle, right where Stafford likes to throw. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. So just word of caution, don't take just just watch out for Tyler Lockett early on, early round. I don't think he's worth that high of a draft pick. I'd rather have a guy like Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup on my team. And there's a lot of other decent guys. I think either, you know, DJ Chark can get in that spot or and I'm not necessarily super high on DJ Chark because I just don't know who is going to be the number one receiver with Trevor Lawrence there. And I'm not sure if Gardner Minshew is even going to be Minshew might be starting week one. I'm not sure, but that's a talk for another time. Uh, moving on to number two, I'm going to put uh, Mike Evans here. Uh, you and I talked about this at dinner. Um, Mike Evans, super great talent. He's phenomenal. Um, I think he's going to be, going to be a decent red zone target for Brady. If they decide to throw the ball near the red zone, but under year two of the system with Bruce Arians, we saw it when Carson or Carson Palmer was in Arizona with Bruce Arians. The step from year one to year two, he got so much better. And before Brady went there, Carson Palmer in an interview was talking about the growth of Jameis Winston with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in year two of Bruce Arians' system. And then, then he got, then Brady came, and now Brady took over. So now it's Brady's turn to take that step ahead, and from year year one to year two. But with that being said, if they get up early, it could be an Antonio Brown or Chris Godwin type of game. Um, Mike Evans will get, will have his games, but at the same time, as a top 12 receiver, I would want a little bit more consistency with that. And I'd much rather take a guy like Allen Robinson at that spot, who's been a lot more consistent with inconsistent quarterback play as the number one guy on their team. What are your thoughts on Mike Evans? It's kind of cut and dry. I mean, he's a big dude. He's one of the biggest receivers in the league. He's proved every season. I mean, he's had 8,000-yard seasons in a row. He's proved that he's physical. He's not afraid to go fight for the ball. He's a monster in the red zone. um, According to reports, he's looking a little leaner. Okay. And his first three days of training camp have been phenomenal. Dude. According to reports, I mean, he is making catches out the box, right? Like out of their out there catches that shouldn't be caught. He's pulling some Odell, Odell in type. New York, yeah, type catches out there. And I think the biggest issue running with Evans is there's just so much talent when it comes to the receivers for Tampa Bay, yeah. And I think that is going to be the problem eating. I think. Evans won't get red zone targets. The only way he scores mm. is if he's, you know, passed and he runs it in or yeah. he's hit in the end zone. Cause we've and seen I think that's his downside right there. And we've, we've seen Brady's tendencies when he, he likes those 
guys who get in the slot or can run the slants. And that to me, that screams Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin still might lead the team in catches. I think yard-wise, I honestly think Antonio Brown <laughs> could do it. And he's somebody who's falling way far in drafts. I think a little too far. He Just a few years ago, he was uh, the number one wide receiver in fantasy. And I think a lot of times because of all his trouble with um, the the law and drugs and everything else that's kind of derailed him when he went to the Oakland Raiders then he went to before they were Las Vegas and then to the Patriots and then talks about with him joining up in Seattle and yada, 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 all this stuff that was going talked around. And then you get him in Tampa Bay and Tom's been working with him. That's a guy I kind of like in that system, but yeah, no, I'm glad Mike Evans is making these great catches. I, I know he can make them, you know, he's super talented. It's just a matter of how often is he going to get a chance to make them. Yeah, it's a crowded. It's a that's a crowded wide receiver room. It is. I mean, the Bucks overall, they will, they'll most likely go to the playoffs and at least make a decent way into the playoffs. Right. But how much Evans contributes to that? I think Evans is just going to be Brady's biggest safety net when it comes to receivers. Someone that he knows will catch the ball, he can rely on, mm-hmm. but not someone he super targets unless he's in a pinch. Right, and then if they if they get up early, then how often is Brady actually going to throw the ball? Because we've seen it last year. If they're in the lead, they're going to run the ball. I, I think that's going to be one of the biggest issues working against all the wide receivers. Yeah, because all the reports saying that they're the Bucks offense. It's like they never left last year, even though they had a whole off season. Like they are all clicking back on point. They've added a few weapons, this a little more protection for Brady and. I think they made some moves on defense to bolster that just a little bit. Yeah, well, they were so able the to Bucks re-sign were... Levante David, which is big. So the Bucks overall go for them if you can get Bucks players. But as for Evans, is he's he worth good, top... but I'm not going to take him third before round. the third round at least. Yeah. If he falls to you. If, he, if you get him after the third round. If I can get him after the third round, I'll – 100% take him even if he's just ran as a wide receiver too even if he's just ran as the flex that's someone you don't have to worry about every week yeah you know, he'll get his consistent little he'll have his boom and bust weeks but I think he'll perform decent flex numbers yeah yeah I get it and then um last receiver on the list I have is Kenny Galladay <sighs> Kenny Galladay Kenny Galladay I remember when he came into the league he was supposed to be his nickname was Babytron. Or he was supposed to be the next Calvin Johnson. With his height, his speed, his skill, his ability. And then as a rookie, he started to flash some of that. And then I think the injury started after that. And last year, he did not see action in many games at all. <laughs> and then he signed a I don't know if he signed a contract or got traded, but now he's with the New York Giants, who also have Sterling Shepard. They drafted Kadarius Tony this offseason. They still have Evan Ingram. And then you get Saquon Barkley working way back from ACL injury. Are we looking at a case of like there may be too many weapons? Because Daniel Jones at quarterback, I think one of his safety nets has been Sterling Shepard over the last year or two. And now you're bringing in a guy high caliber guy like or on paper high caliber guy like 
Kenny Galladay, who's dealing with injuries, I think, now, potentially. And I, I just don't see it with his where he's being ranked at and where he's being taken in drafts. Because, he once again, he's one of those top 15 guys. And I don't want him in one of those 15, top 15 spots. What, what are your thoughts on him? I would also not like him in those top 15 spots. Um, you know, he just signed a four-year deal with the Giants. So he's supposed to be leading the receiving core as the number one receiver with mm-hmm. Slayton and Shepard behind him. But with this hamstring injury, one, I'm not going to touch a hamstring injury, at least for a few weeks after he's cleared in plays. Right. You, just you mentioned that earlier in the they're podcast, too, too iffy on re-injuring it's too easy to re-injure a hamstring yeah you've been burned um, by that too haven't you? i think hmm? you've been burned by that before oh lots of times yeah i think the biggest issue i'm having is with this injury he's going to miss the rest of preseason and being that this is his first year with the giants and daniel jones he needs that time to build that trust and connection with jones yeah, And I think that Shepard or Slayton, who already have a history of Jones, will definitely swoop in the rest of preseason and build that rapport. And Galladay will still be the wide receiver one on paper, but until I see him in an actual live NFL game, I have no idea. Because all I've ever seen is how he did with the Lions. And the Lions have a bad habit of dragging star players down into nothing. I mean, Stafford is a yeah. star player, but... He was never given the chance with the Lions. Yeah, you can even go back to like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, some of these better players for their team. And I I don't know what Kenny Galladay's outlook is. I, I agree with you. I think with, he, with him coming back, it will be a slower start too, but that doesn't warrant a top 15 wide receiver to me to have a low start like that. No. Not with me either. I mean... I've seen better receivers that were 26th wide receiver that I would take over Galladay. Galladay, I will not touch. If I can grab him just as a bench stash, you know, 14th round, Yeah, I'll take him if yeah, he's still but there. Know, he's but far. if not, I, I would not use anything above double-digit rounds yeah. to oh. get him. Of all these of all these receivers on this list here that I listed, these three receivers between Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, and Kenny Galladay, I can make the case to grab Tyler Lockett or Mike Evans later on, right? If the value's there with the pick. But I do not see myself at any point taking Kenny Galladay. Even if it's at the end of the draft. I don't I, I don't think I could do it. It's an understandable choice. I think that's just like a personal preference, how you play fantasy football. I mean, if my offense is stacked and I have room and Galladay's there, I would take him just for his potential value because it only takes, you know, two or three breakout weeks in a row. And then he's a hot commodity. Even if you don't need him on your team, you know, you can use him as a trade. You can pair him with a running back or another receiver or something and trade up. Well, we could, we could, uh, for all you people listening. Yeah. Try that. Uh, for Corey and I, uh, we wouldn't be able to do that in our leagues. That only works if you're in a league with people that don't actually study. Right. Fantasy football or uh, people that, uh, actually look for the guy that's still looking players. for Wes Welker. Look for what? 
So look for the guy that's still looking for Wes Welker. That's the guy that's you trade with. That's your guy. Trade Kenny Galladay there. Oh, man. Oh, uh, speaking of Wes Welker, quick, I'm doing a quick shout-out for the Broncos when he was with the Broncos. Go, Wes Welker. Get a good pal, Rob. Uh, wanted me to mention something about the Broncos. So, yeah, Wes Welker was good with the Broncos. There's your Broncos uh, shout-out for the week. And moving on, actually, ooh, actually – it's technically a shout out, but uh, the bus at tight end position, these last three players here, we're going to go over. I've got Noah Fant leading off the list for the Broncos and for this tight end group. And there was a, there was hype has him as a sleeper last year. And I think there were some games that he got it done, but at the same time, if drew lock is the quarterback, I don't know if I trust Fant. I think I'd be more happy if Teddy Bridgewater won the starting job uh, or at least played. And then I, I would feel much better about the uh, receiving cores uh, between Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant as kind of leading that charge. Melvin Gordon, I don't really like. I think Javante Williams has more upside as the running back position for them. But with Noah Fant, I just don't know. I think it's more of a Drew Locke thing than a Noah Fant thing. And I didn't want to put Drew Locke as a bust on my list just because I've never, I haven't been in a draft where Drew Locke's getting taken, you know, unless it's one of the very last pick for quarterback depth. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. The whole quarterback situation there when it comes to Fant, I don't like it either way. I mean, if Locke wins, I don't like Locke. And if Bridgewater wins, Bridgewater didn't utilize the tight ends in New Orleans at all. Yeah, or Carolina. Or Carolina. So I think that's bad for a tight end. But according to reports, Fant is being worked out in all routes. He's being worked out in deep routes, intermediate routes, and short routes. Mm -hmm. So if he's actually utilized like that, even though there's a whole boatload of talent with the other receivers, I think if he's utilized like that, he'll get his fair share of looks to keep him semi-consistent. But besides that, I would not draft him in regular draft. I'll pick him up off of free agent waivers. Yeah. So the way that some of these mock drafts have been going, Kelsey's the first tight end taken off the board. Darren Waller's next. Then George Kittle. Then Mark and or It's TJ Hawkinson. Then Mark Andrews. And then you get Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, and then you get like Dallas Goddard in that group. And if you go a little further down, you have Mike Gusecki and Tyler Higby. And okay with taking Hawkinson this year because we knew that Jared Goff likes to throw the tight ends. If I don't get a Kelsey, a Waller, a Kittle, a Hawkinson, I may even risk it for a Kyle Pitts if the value's right or a Mark Andrews. But if I don't get one of those top five guys, I don't think I'm taking Noah Fan or Dallas Goddard. Or those guys, I, I can wait to take Tyler Higby, who's now has a quarterback that we've seen likes to throw to his tight ends, and that is Matthew Stafford. He did it a lot with TJ Hawkinson. He just likes those bigger targets, and that's what Higby provides with Stafford for the Rams. And like you said earlier in the show, Everett's gone. Gerald Everett's not on the Rams anymore. You said he's with Seattle, right? So he's gone. So now Higby's the only tight end there or the main one who's got history there knows the offense. And so 
that's a guy who I would much rather have over Noah Fant. I can see your face kind of you're going through looking some stuff. Do you have something to say about that? Uh, I don't no, know. I agree with you in that. I, like I said, I, I wouldn't touch Fant in the regular draft unless there was really no other choice and you're just trying to fill that position. It right. depends on how many teams you have in your league and how deep it has to go. Right, and where it gets drafted up. All right. Number two on my bus list for tight ends, I have Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington football team. I don't know if they got a name or not. I this don't season. believe they've had a name yet. So Washington football team. Now, he did great. Oh, that's another guy. I think Logan Thomas is going up there either right before or right after Noah Fant before Higby too. So with Logan Thomas, it might be it might work out with Ryan Fitzpatrick there. I just know that from what I've seen from Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and with the Miami Dolphins and wherever he's been, he he's likes to like throw, 13. He likes to sling the ball down deep. And I don't know how many deep routes Logan Thomas has actually been on. I think this is more of a beneficiary thing for Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. And potentially they they drafted a rookie in Diami Brown that I think can also benefit from this more than Logan Thomas at the value that Logan, where Logan Thomas is being drafted. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Honestly, wasn't listening to what you just said, but I know you're talking about Logan Thomas. Perfect. So I'm yeah. just going to go into the spiel about Logan Thomas. Um, <laughs> he's yeah. risky. He is very high reward if it pays off. Oh yeah. But I mean, he is. I mean, he's a big dude. He's six six, two hundred fifty pounds. He's definitely a big target. And the reports are saying that he's going to get a lot more red zone action. So. The biggest issue What's I have with him, if I'm being honest, is Fitzpatrick. I think Logan Thomas would be great the first six green games. He's going to be a tight end one. <laughs> first six games, we're calling it now. First six games. Whether he can continue that after the first six games, I don't Depends know. Depends on what. I think that he has the potential is. to finish as a tight end one. Yeah. He, maybe, you know, the number four tight end overall season. Yeah. I think he has the potential just because there's not a whole lot of red zone threats on the Washington football team. Right. I mean, yeah. McLaurin is like strictly a mid to deep guy. He doesn't do the short routes. He doesn't do a whole lot of right. red zone targets. And Fitzpatrick doesn't throw short. And he doesn't. So I don't think Logan Thomas will be good. I don't think he'll be getting 100 yards a game. Yeah. But will he be able to snag a touchdown in 40 yards a game? Yeah, I think that he can. And yeah. that's what's going to put him in the tight end one numbers right there. And he'll be Just phenomenal. For the four to six games that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the QB one. <laughs> yeah, you, you stack them. If you're playing daily fantasy, stack them. Play Fitzpatrick, play Thomas. Throw McLaurin in their triple stack. You just have to. You probably win a few weeks, but after that, Fitzpatrick is. It's not a coincidence. It's a pattern. Yeah, you just every have to year figure out after which, the fifth or sixth game he where the pattern starts bombs, and then someone else takes over. I don't even know who the other quarterback is. Yeah. for Washington. Ooh, it's like Taylor. I think it's Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I have no idea who. I think it'd be. I think it may be better if ta- for Logan Thomas if Taylor Heineke plays. But two the, the two tight ends that stick out for me is some of the biggest boomer bust guys. Like if if they hit, you're gonna look like a genius. You could have the Mark Andrews from two years ago, right? And that is Logan Thomas, who has potential, and Kyle Pitts, the rookie tight end in Atlanta. So I guess I'll disagree with you on this. I 
just don't see enough for him to be considered a possible bust for Thomas. I mean, you mean boom? it just depends on how high you want to draft him. Yeah. I mean, being that he's getting all this praise, he's going to go high. So will he be a bust in that term if he fails? Yes, but it is his first season. Yeah. So with with Fitzpatrick. With Fitzpatrick. It's yeah. his first season and this whole thing. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see for him. Yeah. If you're a risk taker, take it. If you're not, if you and you can snag someone a little higher up or even a little lower that's been consistent, proven in the past. Right. I would. But if you can get him third round, mm-hmm. fourth round, if you can grab him there, and I would. But don't use a high pick on him. Yeah, I don't even. I think so. After uh, maybe even sixth round. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm gonna say. I think the range of after Andrews gets taken off, Andrews is going around like round five. But you also have to remember Andrews' value has dropped significantly. He is still considered a tight end one, but after last year's horrific outing the entire season yeah i mean he was a bust last year and i think i mean i'll throw it in here now i was gonna say it at the end redemption player this year maybe yeah but i think he's got it in him i think he he definitely still has the juice in him he just he is not a good blocker overall and he dropped more than his fair share of passes yeah i mean i think he dropped, that whole Ravens he only caught like sixty kinda... out of ninety-eight to him. Yeah, I mean that's it, on paper it sounds okay. Well, you know that's two-thirds of the passes, but in reality, those thirty-something passes he dropped were touchdowns and big catches, right. game-saving catches. Right. So I think that is a big downside, and I think that that is what is going to put him as less value than someone like Logan. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I think that that whole Ravens offense was kind of in a funk last year. So I really and hope they I get... honestly haven't heard a lot coming out of their training camp. Except for Sammy Watkins looks great. Except for that. So who knows? Maybe they just need one player to open everything up. Sometimes that's all it takes. But until yeah. I see all the starters play, yeah, that is going to be. I think I don't like the buzz around Sammy Watkins because I feel like we hear that every year. And then Watkins is the wide receiver Fitzpatrick. He'll perform good yes. the first few weeks. And then that's it. And that then he'll be boomer bust the and rest of the, the same time. thing every year with him. And the rookie they drafted Rashad Bateman at wide receiver. To me, when they drafted him, my immediate reaction was, oh, great. There goes Mark Andrews production. But because he's a bigger body receiver, but I think they could make it work, especially if Marquise Brown is out the first few weeks of the season but we'll we'll move on from that and we'll touch back on that yeah, on a later yeah. week next week or a week after because i think mark andrews is going to be in one of my segments as uh, potential like you said potential like redemption player so we'll come back to him and so now our last tight end on the list the last player we're going to talk about tonight is robert tanyan everyone's darling waiver wire pickup from last season with the MVP Aaron Rodgers. There really, if you looked at that Green Bay Packers offense, there was really only two receiving options um, or three receiving options. It went to Devontae Adams. Then it went to Robert Tanyan. And if those two weren't there, it was either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Well, before Aaron Rodgers had decided 
to that he was going to play. They've done some did some moving around, and even as part of the Aaron Rodgers deal, Aaron Rodgers was able to get Randall Cobb back to the team. So now their receiving core looks like Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. Um, I don't know if uh, EST is still there, Equanimous St. Brown, but they did draft a new wide receiver, rookie Amari Rogers, another A-Rod, uh, who apparently has been doing well. But with Randall Cobb there, that's one of Rogers' guys. I know he's a little bit older, but Jamal Williams is gone. A.J. Dillon stepping up to be that relief. I think Aaron Jones is a good route runner, or at least he's good, got good hands. I think that the where you're taking Robert Tunyon, I don't see it. I don't think he'll repeat that same production this year. What's, what's the consensus here on your take from about Robert Tunyon? Well, when you say he won't repeat the production this year, is there something specific you're referring to? Or his, touchdown, his, touchdown, uh, his touchdown rate. I don't okay. think his touchdown so, rate will be the same, and that's really what carried him. I think that he would be hard-pressed to repeat that. I mean, he was tied for the league leading at 11 last year. Yeah. Um, I think he will be and will remain a tight end one. I mean, all the reports coming out of training camp is that he and Aaron Rodgers have established an unstoppable connection now. Mm. Like when he throws to him, it is precise. And we've seen before with Aaron Rodgers when he picks favorites, like with Jordy Nelson way back when mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That is his main target. That's his safety net target. And I see that really being Tanyan for Rodgers this year. He's a big dude and he's going to get red zone targets regardless now the biggest thing in the red zone is green bay likes to run in the red zone so that's going to be the downside yeah to tanyan in the red zone overall i mean he may not score as many touchdowns but i think the target share is still going to be in his favor you and think that's so even with Randall Cobb there? value i mean i think that he'll still get six or seven looks a game at least and I'm in on him. I mean, I'm not going to take him super high. Would you rather take him or or would you take Robert Tanyan or would you take TJ Hawkinson? That's a tough one. I mean, it's honestly Hawkinson is the safer choice in terms of you know what he's going to produce and he'll have his potential boom games yeah. and his bus games. Tanyan is a little more of a gamble, but... You're, you have to factor in, I mean, it's Rodgers, so it's a very experienced MVP quarterback that does well under pressure, can get in and out of the pocket, throw wherever. Um, I think that plays a big part. So me personally, I'll go with Tanyan. Yeah. Just for that sole purpose of the team that's around him, the offensive line, the other receivers that can open everything up so he's not being watched all the time. I think that he will be pressured just because, like I said, he was – tied for the top wide receiver last year in terms of production right but we won't know until we see what happens until we see yeah week one and i think it's crazy please excuse everyone please excuse the noise in the background uh our dog we're dog sitting right now my wife and i are dog sitting a lovely dog but him and our dog they're just playing being a little roughhousing boys right now uh, we're getting, still getting everything kind of situated with our moves, so there's kind of stuff everywhere if you're hearing other stuff getting hit. But 
All right, last comparison here, Corey, real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Robert Tanyan or Logan Thomas? Ooh, you still going? Because I you throwing a hardball in there. You know, we talked about Logan. I'm Thomas. still gonna go Tanyan. Still Tanyan, just for the sole fact that the quarterback, it's consistency. Yeah, you know that it is a safe bet. You know that quarterback and that offensive line, they're not gonna falter, like can happen the other yeah. way. I got you. So I think that's a big thing. If Tanyan was on someone like Chicago or something, I'm not going to touch him. Right. But given the team and how they're connected together and clicking, I'll still go with him. Yeah. I won't use anything higher than my six-round pick for him, though. Well, Matt, I'm excited to see where you're – what your rankings are for you know top 10 at each position top 15 uh i'm curious to see where you rank some of these tight ends um and some of these receivers and running backs and uh that's another discussion for another time and i want to thank you again Corey, for coming over facing the crazy environment of uh recently moved into an apartment <laughs> with watching dogs and having to get bit on the couch by said dogs and your dog mauled me and <laughs> true blood being a real trooper there and yeah just thank you for coming out uh we're hopefully get to hear more from you as the season goes on and that's it that's the show we are we are done hopefully we can get through the rest of this preseason without any more injuries and if if anybody agrees or disagrees with some of the busts that we talked about today or the names we talked about, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email any questions or comments you have at claysffplays at gmail.com. And I'll get back with you. And be sure to check in next week as we talk about sleepers and what that means. Maybe a little bit into Corey's rankings or someone's rankings We'll have another guest co-host. It's going to be an awesome time. And with that...